Hello, New Covenant. Good to see everybody this morning. Uh, glad to be at the North Campus. Uh, I, I'm normally at the South, but I love getting up here and seeing you guys. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you. My name is Pastor Chuck, if you don't know who I am. And since, uh, since I am at the North, I want everybody to say shout out to the South Campus. Love you guys. Let's welcome the South Campus. Let's welcome everybody online. <laughs> Praise God. Woo! Awesome. Awesome. You know, we are, if you're new to us, we are one church, two locations, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's so good to connect with everybody across the campuses. Um, I am enjoying this series. How about you guys? And uh, I love the word that Pastor Stephen gave us for the beginning of the year. It resonates in my spirit. The word is more, and I believe that is what God is, wanting to, is speaking to us about our future at a personal level and at a corporate level, at the church level. Uh, I want to read that verse again in Ephesians 3.20 through 21. This is kind of our theme verse. And I hope this verse blesses you and encourages you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. That's a lot. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations Forever and ever, amen. Praise God. So uh, this is the theme that, that we are looking at, and I want to speak into that. And Before I say that, uh, just remind you, the reason we're wearing all these t-shirts, you saw the announcement. If you haven't ever been in a life group, let this be the semester you get in a life group. And if you've never led one, think about that, or hosting one, and you can sign up today, as, we, as you heard in the announcement. That's why we're all wearing our colors. And that's, that's really a big part of what church is supposed to be. It's never meant just to be coming on Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, the thing I've noticed here, and this is the cool thing, we're just going on with life. You know, we're still in the middle of all this, this uh, latest version of, of the virus, and a lot of people are struggling, and if you're struggling, listen, guys, we're here. If you know anybody, tell us. We, we're going to try to come around each other and help each other through this. We've been given, sometimes we help people go through, like get supplies to them if they're homebound because of the sickness, and so a lot of people are out because of that. But you know what? The good news is a lot of, most of the uh, versions of the virus this time are, are a lot lighter, so it's like more people getting them, but it's lighter, so just keep praying, and I believe we're going to get on the other side of this, Amen. So I'm going to talk to you about influence. I'm going to talk to you about more influence. And I don't know if you see that God wants to influence you. I mean, God wants to, you to be an influence, you know. Uh, but He does. And I'm going to share some scriptures today that illustrate not just that He wants you to be an influence, but how. How can I be a greater influence? And I want to come out of the book of Acts. And that's Acts 1.8. And this is something Jesus tells us. He told His disciples but we're his disciples, so he tells us this very verse, Acts 1, verse 8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the, and to the, end of the earth. So Jesus is talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Stephen talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit last week. Really good teaching on it, and he did mention this verse. But I want to circle back to this verse and focus on... This today, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. What does God want to do in the power of the Holy Spirit? Why does He want to fill us with the Spirit? And this is talking about an experience called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not the same thing as salvation. You know, there, and, 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 and these guys He was talking to were saved. 
but they weren't yet the influence they were supposed to be. And I love how he presents this because historically, if you read the book of Acts, this is exactly what happened. Uh, And if you read church history, this is exactly what happened. And I think at a personal level, this is what happens. When we ask God to fill us with the Spirit, when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this is what happens to us. It's like a, a rock. You throw a rock into a pond. And what, is ha- what happens? There's these circles that go out. And they keep rippling. And the influence keeps spreading. And he defined the spread. He said, first, it's where you live. You're Jerusalem. When you get saved and you get filled with the Spirit, you become a witness in your own place, your own home, your own workplace, your own locality, you know, and, and, and God uses you to make a difference. I, I was the first one to get saved in my family. I came home from college different <laughs> one, one holiday. I got saved at college and filled the Spirit uh, and, and, and six days later. And if you don't know about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's why we have next steps. That's in our next steps process. That's in the discover life process. And if you've never been taught about that, understand that what that experience is, is meant to be because it's a New Testament experience. And so what happened is my, my mom got saved and my brothers and sisters got saved. My dad, he was a holdout. It took him a while, you know. But the ripple effect began right there. People on my dorm floor got saved. And, 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 and then just, you know, my, it, the circle ended kept growing wider and wider. Now, in my case, the Lord called me uh, to full-time ministry, and I was called as a freshman in college and had to make a little bit of a career change right then. Uh, But I look back, and I I found myself in the ends of the earth. It was amazing. Uh, You know, you look up decades later, and you're smuggling uh, money into the underground church in China, or you're, you know, preaching in 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 Africa. And it's just like, how did this happen, you know? How did it happen that this kid ends up all over the world and, and it's because of this boulder <laughs> was dropped into the water? And, this is, and I'm not saying all of us will preach like that, but you, you will be surprised. You will be pleasantly blown away if you allow God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and you go where that takes you. You're Jerusalem, then you're Judea. Then Samaria, it's interesting he mentioned Samaria because Samaria was just north of Judea. And before he mentioned the ends of the earth, he mentioned Samaria. Samaria was a culture that was kind of Jewish and kind of not. And I believe if you allow God to use you, first you're going to reach people like your own kind. And then you're going to find yourself having cross-cultural influence. People that are different than you, people that are different backgrounds, different worldviews, different ideas, different ages, different economic strata. You know, when I first started witnessing the people, I was reaching my kind of people, young guys, you know. Uh, that was the Jesus movement back then, and so I was talking to hippies and stuff. And, and then God started using me to speak to business people, and that was intimidating to me. They were twice my age and had a lot more money than I did. But they, had, they needed Jesus just as much as the guy down the street, the kid my age, you know. And God started giving me boldness to share the gospel with whoever. And God wants us to understand, I don't care who you are, you need Jesus. You need the gospel. So the Holy Spirit wants to influence you. Here's the point I want to make, to expand your influence on others. You can only influence others to the degree you've been influenced. And so what God wants you and I to know this morning 
is that he wants to expand your influence, and that starts with allowing him to fully expand his influence on us. Let the, let the boulder drop into the water of your life. Let, let God make you a force in the earth. God wants to use you. God wants you to be an influencer. I understand that's a new career goal. You can be an influencer online. So there are people doing very well at that. So the question is, how, how does God use, how does being filled with the Spirit empower you to be His witness? I understand that it did. You know, I got saved on a Thursday night. I woke up the next morning. I had peace that I'd never had before. My desires were different. Many of you can relate to that. But then the Lord said this. He said, I had this peace. You know, I'm like, wow, this is peace. He said, you're my child, but you still need power. I was saved, but I needed power. And then my friends started telling me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't, I, you know, I didn't grow up hardly any in church, but I'd never heard anything like that. And so I just immediately resisted it, you know. <laughs> that's how, what we do, right? But I, I studied the scripture, and that's why I don't have time to teach on all the scriptures. That's why you need to take the class. But I was prayed for the next Wednesday, and the power of the Holy Spirit began to, began to work. And I started seeing a boldness that I'd never dreamed I would have. I was the self-conscious guy, you know. I was the guy governed by your opinion of me. I was the guy with a poor self-image. Some of you know me, go, nah, yeah, I was that guy for real. Diana, she says the same thing. I had this poor self-image, and nobody believes that about her, absolutely. Girl is confident. So how does it work? How does being filled with the Spirit help you to become this powerful witness? And I, I, I want to just walk us through for a few places in the book of Acts in chapter 2. Acts 1 is where he gives us the power. And he said, go, in the up, go wait until you're filled with the Spirit. They went in Acts 2. You see, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. There are 120 people. Most of us know the story. They were in this upper room. As Stephen mentioned it last week, the wind blew. There, was, there were flames of fire. And they spoke in this heavenly language. This prayer language was birthed in them. This prayer and praise language. And, and, and this huge crowd gathered. There was a hundred Many people believe 100,000 at least people in Jerusalem at that time because it was, a, it was a feast of Pentecost. So all these nations were gathered. It was just a perfect setup. God just set it up, right? And all of a sudden, they were reaching the earth right there in Jerusalem. From Jerusalem, they were reaching the earth. But how does it work? And you, I, I, I want us to look at the life of Peter because God reveals these principles through how it unfolds in his own life as Peter stood up and preached. There were 120 people praising God. And then they were praising God in this heavenly language, and everybody heard God in their own language. And, you know, some people who, who kind of don't understand this experience, well, they gave them speaking in tongues to preach the gospel. No, that's not what happened. That's not what praying in tongues is about. It's not preaching the gospel. It's a heavenly prayer language. It helps you pray better because Peter stood up with one voice and preached the gospel. And the rest of the book of Acts, chapter 2, is him preaching that gospel. And I want to bring some excerpts out of that message because... The Bible is full of principles, but unlike other holy books that just have a bunch of principles, the Bible is full of stories of people that embody those principles. We understand faith, for instance, by looking at Abraham or looking at Noah or looking at other people. And so Peter embodies, personally embodies, what it means to be a, a, a powerful witness for God through his own life. Okay, How did the Holy Spirit impact him? That's how he wants to impact us. There are three principles here. That I want to share with you. And here's the first one. Our influence grows 
when we speak the word of God to our generation. Our influence grows when we speak the word of God to our generation. Uh, Acts 2.16, you know, he, he, all these people are praising God. This has never been seen before like this. People praying in this different language, and they've never seen this, right? It's never happened. So what's going on? He, he knew what was going on. And he, he referenced the scripture. He says in Acts 2.16, and you might want to open your Bible and follow me in Acts 2 if you want to. He says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so if you, if you want God to use you to help other people, learn to speak to them the word of God. Don't just give them your opinion. I read a book a while back called uh, Life at the Bottom, and it's written by a British sociologist. And he talked about why people struggle in poverty and things. And he was dealing with lots of things because he dealt with a lot of people in poverty. And he said, one of the problems that's happening in our culture is that the people are doing well, have been made to feel guilty they're doing well. And they're not helping people who aren't doing well. Because who am I to tell them how to live? People who are not doing well, many of them are making really bad life choices. And the people that are doing well, their marriages are intact, their finances are healthy, they're not helping these people because the culture now says, who am I to say to somebody else, this is, this is what a problem, I see this problem, this, this is what you're, how you're hurting yourself. It's like the tables have been flipped and now instead of not practicing what we preach, the people that are doing well are not preaching what they practice. And that's a problem. There is a culture of intimidation that keeps people from helping other people. And the greatest way we can help people is say, this is what the Bible says. Because when that voice wants to come and go, who are you to say? Your way is better. My answer is, I, I'm not saying my way is better. I'm just telling you his way is better. And I know what it's like to live my way. So I'm not judging and I'm not holier than thou. But I know that God's word matters. Now what the Holy Spirit does is he gives you power. The word of God comes alive, first of all. It just leaps out at you. And then you, you just know you have to share it. You have, this is the answer. So you say to people things like, you know... We're all going to answer to God. And I, I've, 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 done, I've talked to people that are struggling in their marriage. And I say, you know what? We're going to, each one of us answer to God for what kind of husband we were or what kind of wife we were. Now, when I just said that, that just went all through some of you. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that'll clean up your act. Because until then, you're a victim. But now... You just heard what God said. It's not about me and her only. It's about me and him. And God's reminded me of that a lot, just so you know. <laughs> hey, bud. This is part of your responsibility before me. She may not be doing everything you want her to do, but are you doing what I told you to do? That's kind of your job. That's your job. And it's very clarifying. It's very sanctifying. God's word just kind of cuts through our stuff, doesn't it? It just cuts through our mess. It cuts through our self-justification. It cuts through the culture. We need to be speaking the word of God. 
You know, tell people, you know, this is not, no, it's not God's will for you to get a divorce. That's not God's will. Where does it say that in the Bible? That's what we do. We justify stuff. You know, marriage is God's plan. I'll just stay on that for a minute. Not living together. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to yell at anybody. You just say, you know what? Look for that opportunity. What does God's word say? Speak the word of God. And the part of the word of God you must speak the most, you must be willing to share this, is the gospel. How to be saved. It's very interesting. Read this whole sermon. I I don't have time to take you through Acts 2. It's kind of long. It's a fascinating sermon. It's a riveting message from God through the mouth of Peter. The anointing of the Holy Spirit came so strong that day. And, 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 then he, and, the, and the Bible says they were convicted. They were convicted of their sins. And they said, uh, let's read Acts 2.38. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, here's a question I, have, I want to ask you. If somebody came to you and asked you, I'm convicted, what do I need to do? Would you know what to say to them? And what would you say to them? Well, brother, you just need to look up. You know, tomorrow's going to be a better day. You know, hello. Just come on, man. No, no, no. We like, we like to watch movies. We'll watch movies, you know, and terrible things will happen. And somebody come, it's going to be okay. How can you say that? You have no basis to say that. That's a kind of our default answer, right? There's got to be a reason to say something like that. When somebody comes up to you and go, what do I need to do? I used to work in a computer store in Dallas. I was uh, in computer sales for a while. And I was always praying, oh, God, help me witness these people, you know. And it was just old guy, man. And he was just, uh, he was just knew everything. You know, old people, they just know everything. And so he didn't need help. And one day he was sitting down. We were closing. And he's crying. His tears running down his face. And he looks at me and he goes, do you reckon there is a hell? So I ran to the bathroom. Oh, God, please show me if I'm supposed to witness to him. <laughs> yes. Tell people the truth. Quit being ashamed of the truth. Quit being intimidated to speak the word of God. You're not holding yourself up holier than anybody else. When it says don't judge, it doesn't mean, like, how could you be there, you, you know, jerk? No, you're not saying that. I've, I've been there. I would be there except for God's help. But here's what God says. Guys, we hold. First Peter says we're supposed to hold forth the word of life. So this cool thing. What shall we do? Okay, <clears throat> here's what you do. And he knew what to say. And we need to know what to say. We need to know how to share the gospel to people. We need to be ready to share the gospel. Repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not just for me. It's not just our experience. The promise is for you, promises for your children, and all who are far off. This is God's plan from now on. This is it. This is the age we're living in. The age of grace, the age of the church, the age of the gospel, the age of the Holy Spirit. That's the age we're living in. I love it. He knew what to say. Peter said, Jesus said, I'm going to give you guys the keys to the kingdom. You know, this is the key to the kingdom. This is how you open the door. The key opens the door. How do you get into the kingdom? It's not just sincerity. It's like... Get saved. Give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sins. Get to a church. Get baptized. Profess Jesus. And then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And you're on your way, man. You're in it. You're in it. The door is open and you have stepped into a new life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you say amen? Y'all be amen on this. It's good stuff. All right. Second, second way your influence grows. This is going to surprise you. Our influence grows through the release of vision and spiritual gifts. Our influence grows. When you're filled with the Spirit, something starts to happen. And this is what Jesus, Peter said. And again, he's quoting the Bible. Acts 2.17. He's quoting the Old Testament. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. And this is what will happen. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. So you guys say, well, I'm not a young man anymore. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, now look, listen to the language here. And on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's what days? In these days. And they shall prophesy. Wow. So I'm going to challenge you here today to live more. To live with more of God. And when more of God comes... When, when the Holy Spirit floods your life, these are the things that start happening. Vision starts happening. Dreams start, start happening. And I don't mean just supernatural like, oh, I see, it was a living color, you know. Those happen, but, but a sense of vision, a sense of purpose. God puts, he starts to reveal to you his vision for his people, for his church, and for your part in it. His vision for your life. If you don't have that, God wants you to have it, and you need to press in and ask the Lord to make it clear to you. That's what these 21 days, part of what's been about, that we've been doing. It's like, God, okay, what am I in this process? What is your vision for me now? What's next for me? What are my instructions? There's nothing like knowing your instructions. You can do extraordinary things if you know what you're supposed to be doing. What's your assignment I've gone through hell in a handbasket because I was on assignment. There's something very powerful about knowing the mission you're supposed to be on, the assignment you're supposed to be in. It empowers you like nothing else. The Bible says when you don't have it, you cast off restraints. You just kind of wander through life. You just kind of float downstream. Life isn't enjoyable, really. It isn't. God wants that for you. The Holy Spirit gives it to you. Explodes it inside of you. And you're, you're, a, you're a force to be reckoned with. You're an influence. You are on mission. And not only do you have vision and dreams. And by the way, we have a lot of people in our church that get literal visions and they get literal dreams. It's pretty cool. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit, guys. The Holy Spirit's at work among us. He's speaking to people. He's guiding people. He's illuminating us. He's giving us ideas. All we got to do is want it and listen and obey. But here's what I'm going to challenge you. He says, they will prophesy. Do you know the Bible said that? You're supposed to be prophesying? Some of you are scared to even get around somebody else to prophesy. We just had the prophetic presbytery. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? How many of you went to that? It's so cool, wasn't it? To watch people get prophetic words. just Just they knew there was no way they could know what was going on. It was just a God thing. And let me tell you, that's the boulder going into the water and the ripple effect. You watch this year, the ripple effect's just going to go out. Everyone that got that word, 
Wow, you just watch what's going to happen this year in those people's lives. And those, some of us who watch others, we heard God as they were speaking to them. And God was speaking. And, and even if we didn't hear them, we know God is speaking. We want, a God, we want God to hear us. But not only does, he, does God want you to hear, he wants you to give prophetic words. So this is normal. My maidservants, my men servants. This is not for the holy man of God that comes out from behind the curtain. That's not what, this, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, normal Christians, we, we, have, we are here to redefine normal. What does that mean? The word prophecy means to speak forth. It doesn't mean you're predicting the future. You know, I can tell you the timing of the Lord's return, you know. <laughs> Read a book on it. No, no, uh, that's not what he's saying. Speak forth. I feel God is saying this. And I just want to alert you to the, what God wants you to do. And I, I want to challenge you to be more ready and believing for this, this year. Okay? That means when you get around people, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit. So, you know, if you stop, you're getting stuff now. You'll be around somebody and you'll feel something stirring. and You'll, you'll feel a little burden for them or you feel like something's up with them and or God wants to say something to them but you haven't been taught that that's God that's normal he mentioned it twice the age of the Holy Spirit means that normal people prophesy and that what does that mean you don't again you don't have to get all spooky you don't have to change the tone of your voice I just want you to know God wants to say to you just don't be goofy don't be scary don't be weird okay just go up to him and go you know I, I just feel like Lord, put you on my heart. I've been praying for you. Or I feel like the Lord wants to share something with you. Or I feel like, you know, there's a burden in your heart you're carrying. You know, just listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, we're starting to, you're getting stuff now, but you're not acting on it. That's the thing. God wants you to act on it. This is a normal thing now. You want to be a force? You want to be influential? Prophesy. Speak the word of God. So we don't just, and here's what I wrote in. We don't just give people the word of God. We start with that. Start with giving them what the Bible says, but you also, we give them a word from God. And what does that do? That, uh, that awakens something inside of them. That, that lets them know. Here's what, here's what miracles do. It lets somebody know God sees them. For real. Like, I, he knows my name. He knows what I'm going through. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's fun when that happens. And, and it takes a little bit of faith. Well, here's how the thing. If you're wrong, you're wrong, you know. And, and, and you always come with a, poly, you know, a spirit of humility. And that's just why, you know, I don't, we, when we teach people how to move in this stuff, we don't, don't be absolute. God wants me to tell you this. If you don't do it, you're messed up, you know. Like, that's, because that's control. We're not into control. So, but the thing is, and I tell you this, I've been hearing God speaking God's word for over 40 years. I just, I still say it like this. I say, you know, I believe the Lord said to me. And if that, if that speaks to you, that's great. If, if not, you know, maybe I didn't hear God. It's okay. Not, not about my reputation right now. It's how can I help you? How can we see God do what God wants to do in our world? But I want to tell you, the Bible says he wants to use you to do this. Amen? More influence. That's the second thing. Here's the final thing. And we see, I'm just walking through the life of Peter here, and we see these principles lifted up and embodied through him. Our influence grows, and here's the one I, I, that I think will unleash the other things, by dying to the fear of men. That's the condition. That's the condition for God to use you. 
You have to be willing to die to the fear of man. So, let me give you an example or an illustration. I was preaching. We have uh, missionaries in Leon, Mexico, Nathan and Laura Cole. Some of you met them. And I was preaching for him once in the church through a translator. I was talking about the Holy Spirit. And I'd never seen this illustration before. Like, how does the Holy Spirit make you a better witness? And I said, what if you, and I told all the people there that day, I said, what if you're sitting in church or anywhere in your living room, and all of a sudden, God supernaturally took you to heaven for five minutes? And I've met people that have had those amazing, immense heaven visions, or hell visions for that matter. But let's just talk about heaven right now. And you were there. You saw it. You heard it. You saw Jesus. You saw people. You saw the life that is heaven. You saw the, the palaces and the, the brilliant colors and the amazing sounds. And, and, the, and the story is always the same. I don't know how to put words to what I saw. I'm giving you my words, but it's not adequate. It's that amazing and that brilliant. And all of a sudden, you elevated to a <laughs> high level of spirituality. And you came back five minutes later. And what's going to change? Mm, you got something to say. You got something to say. You, you, you got to talk about this somewhere to somebody. You can't just hang on to this. Now, I wish God did that, but I've realized that if he did that to us, we might not be that useful anymore. <laughs> I go, I don't want to be here. Kind of like, I want to be there. So what he does instead is he puts heaven in us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He will take the things of mine, Jesus said, and give them, he'll put them in you. And it, the spirituality just explodes inside of you. Almost like you went to heaven. But he puts heaven a part of it, a piece of it. In fact, it calls, it calls it a down payment, a deposit, a guarantee of future things to come. That's what the, the letters say, the epistles. So now you have this spiritual reality inside of you. And you're just honest to God. You're looking for who do I share this with. You're looking for times and places and ways and means to share this. You've you got to say something. But then there's this pushback. They're going to think I'm crazy. These voices come. They won't want to be around you anymore. They're, so, so here's what we do. We go, well, it's not the right time. And there is a right time, trust me. There is a right time. You don't just all the time, hey, I'm... You can go ahead of me in the checkout counter. Oh, by the way, do you know heaven's real? You know, so you've got to look for the right time to talk about God and Jesus and this marvelous thing that he's given us, this marvelous kingdom, this marvelous spiritual reality that supersedes, immensely supersedes anything and everything that any of us could ever have on this earth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you feel that burden? I, got, I just... Always, I'm feeling this burden to share Jesus. I want to do it. How many of you say, how many of you recognize that? And if you don't, get more full of the Holy Spirit. But once you get full of the Holy Spirit, this is something you're going to have to deal with. That is called the fear of man. 
because there will be a collision, a collision between all this amazing dynamic reality that you just want to get out of you into them and the values of the culture around us which is governed by self-indulgence and self-interest and, and sin, basically. There's always that collision. There's always that realization that this may not make you the most popular person right now. And we have this unhealthy need to be liked and popular sometimes. We're supposed to grow out of that after junior high, but some of us don't. <laughs> so here's Peter. This is what blows my mind about Peter. And this is why God used Peter. This is the, this is, he's the perfect embodiment of these principles I'm talking to you about. Acts 2, 23. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Now, he's talking to a bunch of people right now. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Wow. <laughs> this, this, you know, he just fronted them out. Look, you, you just crucified, you did it. You're lawless, you just lawlessly killed Jesus. This is the same guy, just so you know. 50 days earlier, 45 days earlier, actually 50, 53 days earlier, was in front of a little maiden denying Jesus that he ever knew him to the point where he's cussing. I'm telling you, I didn't know her. He, he had multiple chances to recant, to change his story, and he was so governed by fear that he just, no, he just froze. And that should encourage every one of us because some of us have frozen when we shouldn't have. Some of us have backed up when we shouldn't have. But then he was convicted to the core of his being. And Jesus loved him and went after him and said, no, 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 no. I'm not done with you. He thought he was done with him. But here's what you need. You tried to do this in your own ability. Now I want you to go to this place and I want you to wait till you be endued with power from on high. And, 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 and what this does is it helps you to die to the fear of man. He said, I will make you my witness. And, and by the way, that word witness in the Greek, it's an interesting word. Martus, 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 emphasis martus, which is where we get a word martyr. It's translated most of the time witness, but sometimes it's translated, actually translated the word martyr. In other words, you gotta, you're, just, you're just willing to give your life away at that point. There are people who've died, many times, many people, many, many, many people have died and still are. For their faith. For their witness. All you got to do is not be a witness. All you got to do is recant your faith. All you got to do is say, no, I don't believe this. All you got to do is change your story. And they won't. Why? Because this inner reality is better than life. This inner reality is more powerful. In case you think selling out at this level makes you a miserable person. It makes you the opposite. It makes you a person that is so full of life, you actually have something to share. It's not the person that's sharing all the time that we need to feel sorry for. It's the person that has nothing to share that is to be pitied. And that's why Jesus says, lose your life so that you can find it. Because your life, my life, mm, it's okay. We're not just can't wait to share with you about my life. 
I'll tell you about my horses and my grandkids if you let me, but it's not a compelling story, you know, like this. This is the story worth sharing. This is the story that must get out. This is what changes people's lives. Jesus said this, and this is closed in John 12, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. You want more influence? How many want more influence this year? How many are willing to say to God, I'm willing to let you give me more influence? None of us want to be, like, known or popular. We're not looking for that. But I think you are looking for and I think you're wired from God to want to make more of a difference in somebody else's life. How many of you say, that's, that's my story? I want that. God put that want to in you. That's why you're here. That's really, can I just say, the only reason you're here. Really. Because everything else is up there is better than here. Everything. Everything. Immensely better. But we're here still for a reason. And that is that we may reach people and we may be witnesses. And I, I know this. God wants you at the end of this year to be able to look at some lives that you've reached for Him. You know, that person's serving God now. And God, God allowed me to reach out to them. They're, they're in church now. They're going through the process. They're going through the next steps. It's so awesome. They're, that person is, is leading a life group. They're not just coming to church. They're, it's so cool. God, God knows that that will mean more to you than anything else as you look back. That you got into that realm of being not just influenced, but influencing. And if that's your desire, I want you to stand. I just want, you, I want to pray, over, pray for you. Pray for all of us, both campuses. If you're online, stand. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to stand. You can, though. And I want to pray. And I, I just feel like, as I prayed over this today, I felt like the Lord showed me. Many of you have had come to God, and you just, you've been filled with the Spirit, and you've seen amazing things happen, and you have amazing stories to tell. And, and to some degree, you're telling it. But we always have to be vigilant about the fear of man. We always have to be conscious that we're being influenced inordinately by what people think. This doesn't mean don't be wise in how you share and when you share. But if you're not ever sharing, you're maybe inordinately influenced by a decadent, fallen, self-serving world. And we don't want those values on us. We owe people. We owe people this, this knowledge. Amen? We owe people the truth. We can't just sit here and watch people float down the stream. Knowing where that ends. We owe them the truth. We owe them, amen, the love of God. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to the down and out and to the up and out. To the rich, to the poor. To the learned and the unlearned. I'm a debtor. Amen. So I want to pray. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for the amazing, amazing love that you've given us. If God has impacted your life, if Jesus has come into your life, then thank Him for it. Just thank Him for the the amazing grace that He's given you. Thank you, Lord. I say to Him often, thank you for finding me. 
And I thank you again for finding me, Lord. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for paying the ultimate price. And Father, I pray that every single one of us will be filled with your spirit to a higher level than we ever have before. If you want that, ask God, Lord, I pray this year I'll be filled with your spirit more than I ever have been. Praise you, God. And now this final part, just say, Lord, I want to release your life, your witness, your message, wherever and whenever and to whomever you grant me the opportunity. Would you just say that to him? Because I just believe God is in the business right now of of you reproducing yourself. You're the grain of sand. You're the grain of, of corn falling into the ground. You're the grain of corn falling into the ground. And you're just saying, okay, I'm, I'm just going to let you do with me whatever you want. And I want to I be uh, multiplied this year. I just, God wants to multiply every single one of you this year. More than ever before, He wants to multiply you. He, people need what you have. People need to know what you know. And just, if you've, if you've been bottling it up, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. And God, I just pray your mighty influence will happen throughout East Texas and I know it's not just going to be East Texas it's going to be the world it's going to be the nation it's going to be other parts of the United States it's going to be other countries this year Lord you're going to use us every single one of us and if you believe that I want you to thank him for it in advance and Lord I am trusting you to influence me, others through me this year in Jesus name if you believe that I want you to tell him that and I want you to give him praise in advance for that amen praise God Thanks for joining us today. I pray this message encouraged you, inspired you, and maybe even challenged you a little bit. If you made a decision for Jesus, we are celebrating with you. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to know about it. So message us online or you can text YESCARD to 903-200-3808 and let us know what decision you made. We want to come alongside you, help you find a local church. It's very important to be connected to the local body of Christ, whether with us or somewhere else. So let us know so we can help you and let you know your next steps with Jesus. I'd love to see you real soon in person, but until then, know that I'm praying for you. I'm praying God's best in your life. God bless you.